Hello, everyone, and welcome to Five Cards or Die, which is a show brought to you by the EDH Jank Center, where I and my co-host, Cress, bring on a special guest and ask them their favorite five Magic the Gathering cards and why, under threat of fake, very fake violence. As per usual, I'm your host, Jordan, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Cress Lightning, everyone. Hi. I'm here. The person who's helping us ring in our first ever installment of this show is none other than the intelligent, the funny, and very talented Chuki from Keeping It Casual. Welcome, Chuki. Hello, hello. Hell yeah. I think I appear more intelligent than I really seem on, on my content. I don't know, dude. I think <laughs> I think the uh, the ability to play both the dumb player and the smart player exhibits a, a talent for being able to go into other people's minds and understand and empathize. That's very intelligent. It's like 4D chess. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Chuki is an MTG creator. He makes incredible MTG rules content and shorts on YouTube and Instagram. And are you on t- you're on TikTok too, right, bro? Uh, yeah, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Excellent. Well, this is five cards or die. So <laughs> we... <laughs> We this is the first episode, so people don't know. How would you like to be threatened? We we want to we want to cater your experience here at the Jank Center. So, how would you like to be threatened while you're interviewed? I feel like the scenario that I would probably most likely to be threatened by is by a player at a table trying to flip the table on me, just rage flip the table on me and ask me the for my whole table, points. the whole table. With magic cards and all on it, and I don't want my cards ma- uh, ruined. Yeah, yeah. During the during the interview, I'm imagining like it's all in slow mo, but we're talking in real time. So like all the magic cards like falling from the air in slow motion. <laughs> There's dice <laughs> and like cards coming out of their <laughs> sleeves, and debris from the chips, yeah, yeah. and you know whatever else is on the table. Who do you want to flip the table? You want it to be me or uh, or Cress? Maybe you both. It's like we a group both effort. Just <laughs> both hands two. on the, the table. The way that makes it tell me so much cards. scarier. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the other side, and you both are on the other side, and what? both hands under the table. I'm geeking. Oh my god! Just so we're clear, that requires me. If we're playing at like a square table, I have to walk, get up from my chair, from my seat on the side of the table, walk around to where Jordan is, just to lift it up. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yep. We're just mid-game, you get up, and you're like, by the way, what are your top five favorites? <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to flip it. And you're like, hey, I actually would love to just answer that like after the game. And we're like, no! <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's, that's, an excellent, that's an excellent thread. I think that's a great way to kick it off. So, Chuki, you mind just telling us a little bit more about your content, your channel, and how you got into Magic the Gathering, this lovely game that we all play? Yeah, so I make a lot of content on like rules, interesting rules interactions and questions that players uh, might have. Um, I saw a lot of like lack of that kind of content. Well, Command Zone and stuff like that have content like that. And I thought it'd be nice to have more short form, digestible kind of stuff that players can just whip out in the middle of a game and learn interactions that way. So I make a lot of interactions, videos like that, and try to make it entertaining in like a skit form so that people can be more engaged by it and maybe have it stick to their memory better. But the way that I got into Magic the Gathering, I started in, I think it was around 2000 or 2001, around 7th edition. I think Torment was like the set at the time. And I started with the 7th edition starter decks. So it came with like two decks, 
a booklet and that told you how to play the game. Me and my brothers just learned that way. My brothers weren't, aren't as much into magic as I was. Yeah. So I had to find friends that, that got into it. And eventually that's how I kind of really stuck with magic. How did you end up finding those friends? Was it just by proxy? You brought it up one day in school or like, did you go on a forum online or something? I collected a lot of cards and I think either I went to their house or they went to my house and they saw magic cards in my house and they were like, oh, you play. And I got like super excited. And uh, this was mostly in high school too. So, and, and they're still friends of mine to this day. Oh my gosh. That's, that's amazing. That's how a lot of my interactions are very similar. People will be like, they'll just like see that there were cards around. And they'd be like, oh, I also play. And I'll be like, oh. Yeah. Then why haven't we been playing? <laughs> exactly. Such, such a shared experience. I, it's so funny that Cress and I were in the same play group when we both lived in Los Angeles. And the way that we got into it was my my other friend brought some starter decks back from a stay in, in Canada that he that he was doing. And we brought it up to Cress. And we were like, Do you know of this game like called Magic the Gathering? We had just been playing with like these starter decks. And Cress was like, what? You guys play Matt? I've literally played Magic for years and years and years. And like, I'd known Cress for years at that point and never had I heard them say anything about Magic the Gathering. Literally anything. Oh, wow. And we had another friend from work who also played for like, yeah. for like a decade and was like, oh, I have all these crazy cards. <laughs> I was like, and it's so funny because now I think about like who's walking on the street now that like, also plays, but <laughs> all you need to do is just like crack it open a little bit, just bring it up. Yeah. They'll be like magic? Yeah. That's crazy that you've been playing for since 2001. That's that's a long time. Yeah, it's about like 20 years, 21 years, I think. Yeah, wow. Do you find yourself, because obviously Commander was not a thing back then, and I feel like a lot of your content, a lot of anyone's content now is focused on Commander. Do you, do you sort of have an affinity uh, still for like, 1v1 formats or 60 card formats back then i played very casually we we played multiplayer back then um before commander was a thing um just because it was the three of us playing the game me and my two friends i do enjoy 1v1 kind of formats uh especially limited limited's like my other other love but yeah i, I enjoy all the different formats um I think Commander and Limited are like my top. Well, thank you, Chuki, for sharing us a little bit about how you got into magic. That's a that's a lovely little story that you started with your with your brothers and then ended up finding a friend group that you still play with today. That's so beautiful. Well, they don't play today, but we became really good friends through magic. You're still friends with them. <laughs> yeah. But okay. yeah, but I've met a lot of people through like LGSs as well. And uh we're I'm like good friends with with those folks. That's honestly. awesome. The LGS experience is so foreign to me. I, I've I've been to an LGS many times, but only played Commander there once. Mm. Oh, and I got absolutely pub stomped. I won my first game. Mm. It was m me and my partner. Uh, she and I went, and I won my first game. I was like, "Yay!" You know, my decks can hold their own. And then the guy that I was playing with in the pod pulled out this like highly tuned Tuvasa the Sunlit deck. Bant Voltron essentially and uh absolutely decimated me, my partner, and this like 17-year-old kid who had <laughs> he like got to uh, maybe I should tell this on the Howling Salt My Tour submit it because it genuinely was a really bad sitch. It was like this 17-year-old kid who was like, Hey guys, I just kind of bought this pre-con and I'm trying out this game. Do you mind if I sit with you? So he sat and like the first game was great, like pretty evenly balanced. I was playing card door, so it was like I was forcing people to attack each other. It was kind of a wide open game. And it was a it was a nice environment to like sort of learn more about the game. 
this other dude just pulled out this crazy tuned deck, killed us all by like turn five. There's no warning. And the look on the kid's face was so. I was like, oh, dude, that yeah, that sucks. Yeah. But I'm glad that my point being, I'm glad that you had a dissimilar experience. Yeah, I mean, there's always like the the pub stompers that just whip out like strong decks. Like more players do have that rule zero talk um, now these days. And so you're not going to get too surprised or you shouldn't. But yeah, it it happens from time to time. Well, you know what else is about to happen? (laughs) We're going to talk about your five favorite Magic the Gathering cards. Or otherwise we're going to flip this table over. Don't want that to happen. Well, I think canonically we established that we've already flipped the table and that we're threatening something else by flipping the table. You know what I mean? I was not aware of that. You're flipping the table next to you and saying, this one's next. This could happen to you. Yeah, <laughs> unless you tell me the five cards. Dude, I've been doing that, like, especially since, because I've been sick for the past few days. It's been really bad. I don't, I don't have COVID, but I definitely, like, just the tiredness and, like, the sinus pressure and all that has just been... I feel like it's been messing up my brain, dude, because... Oh, yeah. Literally, last night, I was making dinner, and uh, we were trying to make, like, a roast chicken. I had to cut it out of the bag or whatever. And I was like, where are the scissors? In your hands. And literally, <laughs> uh, Marissa, my partner, she reaches, like, in front of me and just, like, takes the scissors that are out sitting on our dish rack and just picks them up in front of me and, like, gives them to me. And I was like... Oh, dude. And that's <laughs> happened to me like multiple times in the past few days. Mm. So I just feel like... It, it really does mess with you. It has been... Yeah, it has been a lot. Anyways, let's talk about your five favorite Magic the Gathering cards. All right. All right. Chuki, start us off with number five, dude. All right. So the first one I will start with is Circling Vultures. I'll read it out. So Circling Vultures cost a single black. It's a creature bird. And this is older wording on here. So it has flying... During your upkeep, remove the top creature card in your graveyard from the game, or it says Burry Circling Vultures. Um, pretty sure it says Sacrifice now. And the second part that is, makes it my favorite card is, if cir- Circling Vultures is in your hand, you may discard it, play this ability as an instant to 3-2 flyer. Whoa. So if you notice, the second ability, there's no colon on there, which means there's no cost associated with, with it, which makes this a special action. It's not an activated ability to discard uh, circling vultures. So there's a specific part in the rules. uh, I believe it was like uh, 116.2e. I only know this because I did a video about it recently. Right. I don't always have rules in my head. Uh, But uh, it has a specific ruling on just this card in the whole CR that, that calls out this card and makes it a special action. So... I like. I really enjoy like when the rules have kind of like little quirks where it's like there's specific rulings for specific cards. Yeah. Um, Trinisphere is like a similar one too. So this is my number five. I don't play these in any decks. I just love it. I just love it for what it is. Because <laughs> it's such a it's such a unique. I mean, a one mana three two with flying is also kind of just crazy stats. Mm-hmm. Was this something that you opened like when you first started getting into Magic? Uh, no, I didn't know about this card until I guess when I started making more like rules content. Um, uh, I, before I wasn't like a super rules guy, but once I started doing the content that I've been making, I've been able to research the rules more. And circling vultures was something that I saw in the when reading through the comprehensive rules, like everyone does. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I noticed that it 
they they mentioned the circling vultures card by name in the rules, and I just thought that was really unique because not many cards are get mentioned in there. They they might have examples, but this is not an example. This is an actual rule in this comprehensive. Right. Yeah. The Oracle text now on Scryfall says that th- there's text saying that you can discard this card as if it were an instant. Um, yeah. Which is which. Which means that since it's a special action, you can discard it to split second. Right. I don't know what advantage it gives you, but <laughs> just the fact that you can do that is, is funny to me. That's very funny. Yeah, that is so weird. It's a very weird card, yeah. So, like, maybe you could, like, pitch it into your graveyard if you needed, like, I don't even know, like... If anyone knows how to uh, find a home for janky cards hey, like this... Hey, there we go. I'm actually about to... I'm literally going to do that right now. That's a great idea. I'm going to add that to my list. I mean, you can add it to the One Drop Club... A one drop three two isn't isn't bad. It's pretty good statted. It does have like a little downside to it, but I think you could make it work. Thank you for that. Look at that real time content idea. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna, I added that to the list. Sacking a creature used to be called burying. I think it was just oh, the word for any anything going to the graveyard, right? I think it was either destroy or or sacrifice. I think it counted as both, if I remember if I remember correctly. So they split it up. Yeah, I think they like kind of split it up. It's also um, one of those cards that it references the top or the bottom of the graveyard, which I think is very very interesting because mm-hmm, yeah. we don't often think about our graveyards having an order. There are barely any cards mm-hmm. that really even talk about it. It's like a non-factor a lot of the times, but most of the with time these older cards sometimes it matters. That's crazy. Yeah. I kind of wish that wasn't a thing because keeping track of the graveyard is kind of annoying. It's a lot. It can be a yeah. lot. I I know. Are you one of those guys that when you play, do you um like fan out your graveyard like so that you can see the name of each card in your graveyard? I, I do my graveyard. So I put my deck sideways and then my graveyard kind of parallel to that. And I do have it fanned out. I don't really see the names, but like, yeah, that's kind of how I do it. It's kind of so I can see what's in my graveyard that I want to Oh, pick. that's handy for Skyfall. I never thought about that. It's not like people can just like click through or ask to see oh, it. Oh, you mean spell table? Oh, yeah, yeah, spell table is what I meant. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, what? How do people play on Skyfall? <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for thanks for that number five. That number four is uh, sounding pretty good. What What is that? Where is it at? What's it at? What's it called? Smooth. Number four for me, it's Ghostly Flicker. A lot of these are pretty budget cards, too. Yes. Um, I'm sure no, most people know what Ghostly Flicker does, but I'll read it. Uh, it's two in a blue, instant, exile two artifact, creatures, and or lands you control, then return those cards to the battlefield under your control. I, I like it that it's cheap. I also am a, like a budget player, so I like cheap effects. And I think it does a lot for what it does. Um, you can flicker lands out and get some mana that way. Um, if you can add more mana into your mana pool, flick your artifacts out. You can kind of counter effects that target your stuff, get more ETB triggers out of it. So I think it's a really versatile card, and it's only a few cents. Yeah, it's an uncommon, or at least it wasn't common. Command. Actually, oh uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a no, it's a common common. Sorry, that's all good. I I love this card too. I run it in. Uh, I'm actually about to take this deck apart, but I'm about to run it in. Uh, or I did run it in an Orvar the All Form deck because. You can target the land with Ghostly Flicker, and then Orvar will trigger and create a copy of the thing that you targeted with the the instant. Mm-hmm. And you can just like make lands, which is like land tokens, which is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. I love that interaction. When I found that out, I was like, oh my gosh. I think it's pretty like versatile. You could kind of throw it in any deck, and you can always find some sort of purpose or use for it. I mean, and just more artillery to be able to blink efficiently is good. <laughs> yeah. Just rebuy another blink trigger. Or another triggered ability for just three mana. 
or even two. Exactly. Especially depending on the the thing that you blink, it can be like as innocent as like putting another plus one plus one counter on something, but as not innocent as making infinite lands. Or you <laughs> right. could just you know, you could en- enable some pretty crazy some pretty crazy stuff with that. Do you like to play like blink decks? Are you sort of inclined? I don't even have a blink deck. I used to have, I think like one of the third decks that I ever built was a uh, Prime Speaker Zagana deck, the one where you it enters the battlefield and you put counters on it equal to the highest power and you draw cards equal to its power. So Ghostly Flicker was really sweet in that deck because I can just kind of keep drawing cards. Um, it was also a clone deck too, so I can like reset my clones that way or just kind of protect my commander if I, I needed to. So it did a lot. I, I really enjoyed the versatility of this card. We love that word here. Sorry, I'm looking at Prime Speaker Zagana. I <laughs> I thought you were talking about the other Prime Speaker card. I didn't even realize there was another Prime Speaker. There's two, I believe. I love that. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great card in that deck. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Chris, have you ever have you ever built a, a Blink deck? No, I have some Blink stuff. I tend to not. I tend to not try to like exponentially change my decks. I like a slow game, so I I tend to like nerf my decks. When, and blinking tends to sort of <laughs> make things happen faster because hmm. I, I, I like to just pull cards and improv play with the way I build decks. So I do enjoy like the lower power levels, kind of grindier kind of games. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say I I'm not necessarily attracted to blink strategies typically just because we were actually talking about this in the discord but like i always feel sort of like if someone has a similar deck to me i i get sort of i don't know like anxious or like um like i'm not unique enough or something and blink just feels Mm. like so popular that i Mm. i tend not to build it because it involves like all the same cards all the same like Mm -hmm. commanders it's like brago and like all the yeah, I could literally just tell you that deck, basically, or like most iterations of that deck from memory. There are very straightforward, linear kind of builds. Yeah, and I just, I'm not too big a fan of that. I also like sort of grindier games, or I like to build things that are, that sort of take the shape of the game. Yeah. A more receptive strategy, if you will. Uh, that's why I enjoy uh, Force Combat and sort of cloning things, group hug, just because I like to not take the entire game into my control. I like to adapt mm. to the game, if that makes sense. And Blink just doesn't necessarily do that for me. Yeah, I, I think I know what you mean. And I, I think like Blue kind of does that a lot where they kind of completely take control and like players are scared of what to play or they can't keep things on the board. I, I think it kind of depends on how you use these effects. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't typically run like um, Blink decks, uh, but... I like to use them for like resetting clones yeah. more, more frequently or like getting more lands or Ooh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Resetting clones is something I didn't really think about that much, but I, I think blinking when it comes to like as utility for like another thing you're trying to succeed in doing, I think is yeah, is pretty useful. Yeah. I think like how you use the blink can be you can make use blink in interesting ways that isn't so linear. Like how you can blink lands here, which is wild. <laughs> Yeah, or, or artifacts. <sighs> I just recently played against the artifact deck, and I'm triggered. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I was gonna say I think it would be really fun. Uh, any sort of build that interests me is like something outside of its typical colors. So if I were to build a blink deck, I'd want to try. I don't know, Rakdos blink. You know, like just mm. something weird or outside of that 
that comfortable pocket where all the cards yeah. exist. You've kind of done mm-hmm. with that Cardoor deck. I didn't even realize, but I guess technically oh. Cardoor is a Blink deck. Yeah. Yeah. When I was thinking Rakdos Blink, I was thinking Cardoor. There we go. I guess we built a similar deck because I also did Rakdos Cardoor <laughs> Blink deck. Oh, nice. <laughs> Great minds think alike. What a full circle moment. I was like, yeah, I don't have any blink decks at the start of this conversation. And then I realized that one of my favorite decks is a blink deck. Yeah, yeah. That's nuts. Anyways, let's move on to card number three, Chuki. What's the choice? All right. So this is a combo with the previous card, and it's Dual Caster Mage. Oh, yeah. Um, Ooh, baby. I just think this card's always going to be great in whatever like red deck that you're playing but dual caster mage is one red red uh creature human wizard with flash when dual caster mage enters the battlefield copy target instant or sorcery spell you may choose new targets for the copy and it's a two two with ghostly flicker you just go infinite untapping your lands making um dual caster mage and just copying ghostly flicker just get infinite mana that way or infinite etbs and it's all like a pretty budget combo. I don't yeah. typically like to play combos, though. But copy effects is one of my favorite things to do in Magic. And Dual Caster Mage is... I feel like you can always find a target for it and get something like it that you can copy with it. If you're in like a counter war, you can copy their counter spells and counter their own counter spell with their counter spell. Copy any big game-ending effects that your opponents have or copy any like huge effects that you play yourself. So I love Dual Caster Mage. And it being a creature is also like gives it a lot more versatility than like an instant or sorcery that copies. 100% agreed. Yeah. I am a big fan of this card. I didn't even realize until this, because I have a few of these in my collection, and I, it seems to be one of those cards that I always skip, like I, I'm cutting from a de- from a list, because mm-hmm. I'm like, ah. But I always remember, like I never remember that it's any instant or sorcery. I always thought that it was a, one that you control. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there are other cards in red that do that. You use it as a defensive piece. Mm-hmm. But like... Yeah, yeah. I always conflate the two, and this is much better than I even thought. Maybe we'll talk about this card uh, on the regular version of the pod too, because this is a this is a great card right here. Yeah. Do you find that you like to play like sort of reactive spells like that? Are you someone who puts up a lot of counter spells in your decks and um, all that kind of stuff? I, I don't like counter spells. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of I'm kind of similar to to you guys with like not taking control of a game completely. I like, you know, kind of that back and forth. And I kind of like playing with like lower quality cards to try to figure out my way to win a situation. So I don't play a lot of like tutors or counter spells or like super finely tune my deck. I will play a lot of card draw, though. That is one thing I will play a lot of. Me (laughs) too. Card draw is something I often forget about, honestly. I'm like, why is my deck doing so bad, dude? I don't understand. Then it's like I have two cards in the deck that draw cards. I do enjoy tacking with creatures. I th- I feel like I'm kind of like a little bit of a Timmy. A man after, after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> but I know with like the rules content that I make, I probably appear like somebody that would play a lot of reactive play styles, which I do like playing reactive play styles as well. But I think I really enjoy swinging with creatures. Well, this one's cool, like you said, because not only are you countering a counter, perhaps, but you get a 2-2 on the board for doing that. Mm-hmm. Just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in mm-hmm. a game with multiplayer, right? Like if you're countering somebody at the table, not only are you helping the table, but also you have another piece for the next person's turn if it's not, you know, right before you. You have a chump blocker. You right. have something that can trigger, I don't know, ATB abilities like impact tremors. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It's definitely got a lot more versatility and we love that here on the Jank Center. 
And I love that you're Timmy. Also, <laughs> also as a political piece, being able to like not target somebody with a big ability and get to like hit two people on, uh, you know, at the table with a big ability instead of one is, is always a, is always a plus. Or it's a nice way to like, if someone has poor threat assessment and is like targeting you, <laughs> yeah, you can like play this in response and be like, I'm going to do the thing that should be done. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, send it somewhere else. Yeah, I think um, these effects often get kind of overlooked as well because you kind of don't see like the bigger picture of like what you can hit with dual caster mage. And so often it gets like, or copy effects in general. Yeah. So often they get cut yeah, early. I think there's for people who maybe are turned away from building com like complicated combo decks, these cards might feel like they're a part of that like complicated nature, um, as opposed to mm. uh, utility. That's true. Like uh, some simple mm. utility that could be just very useful. Um, yeah. It's like, oh no, this is a piece to an engine that I don't understand. Yeah, that's actually an excellent point because I know I definitely have strayed away from cards that confused me. And now I know more about like change the target of a, a a spell or copying a spell. But at first, when I was first getting into magic, I would gloss over all these cards because I'd be like, I don't even know what that does. I don't want to make the games take longer because I'm trying to figure it out or asking my friends yeah. and they're all Googling it. And so that's super valid. And hopefully to people who are out there who may be newer to the game, listen, it's all part of the process. Yeah, You can take your time. No one's going to be mad at you. Just... Learn it. Learn at your own pace. Yeah. You should watch Keeping It Casual. Yeah, I was going to say. And learn about all the rules. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, that might help too. But yeah, I, I, everyone learns at different speeds. Um, and I think just work your way up. Learn your fundamentals and then just kind of build your way up from there. Absolutely. It, like anything, it takes time. I'm getting less and less angry by the by the choice. <laughs> I don't know about you, Cress, but... Uh, uh, I'm just standing here. <laughs> We'll have to see what these these last two selections are. Um, what's number two? You guys Chiki? just like let going of one <laughs> finger <laughs> at a time as as I uh, as I name these off. It just this just the pinky and the ring finger. That's all. It's, it's just left. like white. I'm like white knuckle holding <laughs> onto the onto the table. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. What's number two? Let's hopefully let's get a, let's get one of my hands off the table this time. Okay, number two, and I talk about how I don't play reactively, yet I have another reactive card, <laughs> is uh, Stunt Double. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Let me read Stunt Double. It's a three and a blue creature shapeshifter with flash. You may have Stunt Double enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature in the battlefield, and it's a zero zero. I mentioned before how copying is like one of my favorite things to do in Magic, and clones are like one of my favorite kind of creatures that copy things i was considering going with the original clone since it's the og but i think stunt double just offers so much more versatility i also like a lot of versatility with cards it can just copy like the best thing on the board or if there's something that you need at a time like playing it as like a far haven elf if you need mana i think is is completely fine uh having it enter the battlefield as a surprise blocker is pretty good like it, it can do a lot of stuff and in combination with ghostly flickers it's also pretty solid you can reset your stunt doubles with that and stuff i enjoy playing with other people's cards <laughs> but i know other people don't like it when you take their cards so clones are a good way to take their card without taking their yeah, card. yeah 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 that's chuki me and you are the same bro <laughs> <laughs> that's why i enjoy your channel so much I, you, we have I, I think that's why we have like a similar mindset 
I yeah, I, I love that choice. I think stunt double is a fun. I, again, the Flash makes it just so good. Yeah, <laughs> cloning is another one of my faves too, and I understand because it's like typically it's lower cost to get the the scary cool thing that you're copying than the person than the other person paid for it. So you're getting way more value out of it, in my opinion. Uh, just you're spending less resources to get the same thing. And you're not being a meanie butt and like right. taking it from them. You're just like copying it. It's sitting here. Well, I like, uh, I have mentioned this on the podcast prior that Jordan and I and our play group, when we first built Commander decks, one of the first decks I ever built was just, uh, we were doing sh- Game of Thrones theme decks. And so I was trying mm. to do uh, the. Uh, the man with no the man face. With no face like yeah. So that the was faceless the faceless man. Yes. The faceless man was the. the man, yeah. It was so was, sick. Yeah, and mm. so and so the whole deck was just about building a bunch of like assassins and shapeshifters that would actively use other people's cards. So the whole point was to not shapeshift into my own stuff, but just uh, just reflect other players on the on the on the board. Was it like Sakashima as the commander? Nah, I can't remember. I think I made it. Uh, I think it was a god. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. I don't remember if it was. I thought in my in my memory it's Esper, but I that that could be completely. It wrong. might have been was Esper. It a deck? Just so I could get. I it, it is either it was either Demir or it was Esper. I can't remember. Um, but I want to remake that deck uh, now. That oh, lot, was it not Lazav? Lazav. Oh, it was Lazav. Yeah, it was Lazav. I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we go. Oh yeah. There we go. That was like one of my earliest clone decks as well. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I I think I built a Demir deck as well, but I built the Scarab God, the Night King, Zombie Kindred, which was really, really cool. I still have that deck to this day. I don't pull it out that much, but my dream one day is to get it completely altered with like all the characters, all the set pieces, like because it's a very it's a flavorful deck. It's not necessarily the most powerful Scarab God deck, even though the Scarab Goddess objectively is just always gonna be very good yeah, yeah but like i have uh in there there's the the card um wall of ice and it's literally just the wall like in game of thrones oh, right right right, right. <laughs> it's and so like i just Flavor. want that to be like completely altered by an artist and like get it all like really flavorfully done there's um species specialist which is uh the only non-zombie in the deck uh which cares about like creatures of a certain type dying and you get to draw a card that's going to be uncle benjin the guy who's related to Jon Snow and the Starks, but he stays up in the north and he's kind of undead. Oh, right, right, right. He's a smaller role in the show, but <laughs> it's all... I've thought about it. Like, we all were, like, very meticulous yeah, yeah. about, like, the flavor of the decks. That's great. And I particularly remember going to the LGS to buy Stunt Double. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yeah. Stunt Double's also cool because the guy in the art has a mustache and a goatee, and I like it. I like that they both have a different sword. Like one's a fire sword, but the other one's like Oh, a, I didn't even notice it's, that. It's, it's still a fire sword, but it's like ghost fire. Man, <laughs> it's I, blue yeah, fire. I, I did not notice these details on the card. Have you guys ever looked at a card for the it feels like for the first time and you just notice that it's a completely different thing than what you thought? That happens to me all the time. Mm. Well, yeah. I forget which card I was looking at recently, but it's something I've had like in one of my decks forever. And I just realized that it was like a, a figure, like a person. It blew my mind. I was like, oh my God. But it's crazy how we just don't, we don't pay attention anyways. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that card. It, do you, uh, how many clones do you run in decks typically, Chuki? Depends on the deck. Um, my favorite deck that I have is um, 
like a copy tribal with like all the copy effects. I think I have around 20 clones or so in there. Whoa. I would love um, to play that deck, play against that deck. Yeah, I think it, it might be less than that. I'm not sure, but it, yeah, it, it's, it's a ton of fun. It's always a different game every time. Yes. Um, yes. And I really try to stick with the theme of, um, and just not throwing like powerful cards for no utility with, with the rest of the theme. Right. So, I just try to stick heavy to it. There are some downsides to it since, like, it's hard for me to run board wipes since sure. you, there's no, like, copying board wipe effects. Sure. What commander is that deck? Sakashima and Tano the Bloodsower, just for the colors. Oh, nice. So that's, like, a that's Teamer, right? That's red, blue, green? Teamer, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I think those have, like, the most copy. I, I need the red for, like, the uh, dual caster mage kind of effects. Right, right. For copying instant sorceries. And that's so cool. Blue, obviously, for colons. I love that. Well, that definitely got me way less angry. I don't know about you, Cress. I'm cooled down. <laughs> You're cooled down. Excellent. Well, All right, just the pinky left on the table. Yeah. Hopefully, number one, number one uh, takes us out out of this violent uh, situation here. What's what's your number one card of all time? All right, number one. It's very sentimental to me. It's not a great card at all. But I mentioned how I started in seventh edition, and so. I have, by the way, you should like and follow uh, this channel. Grizzly Bear. Let me take it out of sleep. Oh my God. It's, it's just a 2 2 vanilla bear. It's a classic, one in a green. I, I love like the art and like the flavor of magic. And when I first started, um, it's just kind of picture just like grizzly bears fighting these people and like the whole flavor of all this and giant octopus. And it really got me into magic and like, got my like creative side of my on my brain kind of like going while also being able to like play a fun game so grizzly bear holds a special place in my heart i remember my me and my brothers would would be swinging these at each other and yeah just learning the game from the start ah dude that that is exactly why i wanted to have this as part of the show that is such a beautiful little story and we forget a lot of times like why we play this game in the first place and we get caught up in the strategy and you know the all that stuff but i think it's so funny that not necessarily funny but so interesting that all the cards you had leading up to your number one choice were technical and they were like no these are like cool cards that enable cool things in, in gameplay and all this stuff and then your number one is like it reminds me of home it reminds me of my like being with my brothers and the creativity and the imagination that it uh, sort of stokes in in every player. I, I know I feel the same way. Uh, one I of the things too. that gravitated me to the game is yeah, it actively engages your imagination too. It's something that you get to like dive in. Same thing that is appealing with D&D for a lot of people is like you get to sort of enter into a world that is outside of your own for a little while. And I think that's, yeah. a, that's a beautiful thing. Have you ever included grizzly bear in a deck i don't know if i have i did want to build a i think it was what was her name boreal of the was it joriel of the seven or something like that jasmine boreal of the seven yes, yes that's it uh I, I wanted to build a deck with that so that i could run like all the yes the uh, vanilla creatures in the deck oh that's so I, I we're literally the same yeah <laughs> we're literally the same anyways yeah. but i hadn't included it just in a deck at least not since i played like in the beginning with my brothers but yeah i think it's not like the mechanics or the things about how to play the game that got me into the game it was like the imagery and like the evocative like imagery i guess that that really attracted me to it to get to 
to buy the thing, the, buy the product, and then learn the game. And then I fell in love with the mechanics. And I think it's a combination of all of that is like important for for this game. Yeah, it's really it really is magic, like <laughs> literally. Yes, uh, the thing. But do they have enough bears now? There's a bear commander now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have Ayula, and we also have Wilson Refined Grizzly. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Crest, do you know about Wilson Refined Grizzly? No, but I would like to. <laughs> Look up Wilson Refined Grizzly right now. Okay. I think it's like keyword soup. Oh, <laughs> he's so handsome. He is so handsome, dude. Oh, and he's a warrior. I did not know that. Yeah, he's a bear warrior. He can't be countered. This is really good. It has vigilance, reach, trample, and ward two, and it's a two-two for two mana. And you can choose a background and like you know pair it with a color. Power creep. It's literally just so it's just grizzly bear. bears, but with some stuff. Yeah. What I think is very interesting though, because obviously like we all have we all have like the place where we started in Magic: The Gathering. What I think is interesting to think about too is. For a person or a kid who's just now getting into magic, and let's say they open a bunch of packs of Baldur's Gate, they're going to feel the way that you feel about grizzly bears with Wilson Refined Grizzly. Like That's going to be someone's favorite for a certain reason. Maybe it reminds them of their dad and opening packs with their dad or you know, just any anything like that. Uh, I, I, I love that you, uh, that you brought that up and made it a sentimental choice, man. I know that I'm definitely... Uh, I've got my hands off the table now. Yeah, me too. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a a beautiful thing, and I I hope it uh, resonated with the listeners too. Well, we have one thing left here, and Cress is going to read it for us. So oh, on yeah. on our podcasts uh, across the board, we have a tier of our Patreon that if you join, uh, you get to submit questions in the Discord in a specific channel to ask either us or the guests that we have on. Uh, a patron question of the day. So today we've got uh, a patron question of the day, and Cress is going to read it off for us right now. And it's directed towards Chuki specifically. So our patron who submitted this question is King Vire. Thank you, King Vire. Yes, King Vire, you're um, the and best. They, they, they're asking Chuki, what is your favorite mechanic? Uh, what mechanic do you want more support for, either in commander or uh, standard support? So... I mentioned before how like copying is like my favorite thing to do in all of magic. So I'm going to go with that. I don't know if it's necessarily a mechanic, but I think it counts. I just love copying things and um, being able to use other people's things against them in a way and trying to utilize these resources as efficiently as possible. It, it is the uh, spikier side of my brain and having to like try to maintain like, this is a copy of this and this is a copy of that. And I, for me, that that's enjoyable. Maybe for other folks, it's like too much mental gymnastics, but I, I really enjoy that. Um, but a mechanic that I think that I would love to see more support of is energy. And oh my God. I think yeah. it's coming back in um, Fallout. In the Fallout. Oh, Fallout makes sense. I think, I think Fallout's bringing some more of it, which I'm, I'm hyped for. for I, the think, power I suits. think the Fallout set looks pretty cool. Yeah, for the power suits. And I, I think it's very thematic for for the fallout universe too. So seeing more support for that is pretty exciting right now. I don't think there's very good energy cards. So there's lots of good ways I think it's to a very make interesting energy, mechanic. but not really. There's a, there's yeah. not a lot. I made an, an Atraxa energy deck uh, for the channel <laughs> <laughs> and it was slim pickings for sure. 
So that'll be that'll be no, I, I agree with that. I think that's going to be a really fun way to reintroduce energy counters into the into the format. And that it also gives us hope that they know the things that they sort of lack support for and that they hopefully eventually will. Like for me, I know it's unpopular, but I, I do kind of dig mutate and Oh, I like my mutate. I like mutate too. Yeah, and I want I definitely want some more some more of that stuff too. So same. Ironically enough, someone just posted in the Discord the commanders from the Fallout that have been spoiled. Oh, oh. stuff have been spoiled. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of crazy. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, you get an energy counter. Yeah, that's gonna be uh that's gonna be crazy. Finally, we get something Literally. that can produce more energy. Literally. I think it's a very interesting mechanic that hasn't been utilized very much in the game. So I would love to see more of that. Agreed. I think it was only in Kaladesh. Kaladesh. Maybe Aether Revolt too. So just like that Kaladesh block. Yeah, Kaladesh block. I particularly like using snow mana. I like when... and, and, And energy is a very similar vibe where it feels like it's a it's a color pie piece that's not really on the color pie that i think is really interesting where it's yeah there's not enough to really utilize it and they've just given snow a bunch more support in the last couple of years call time so now it's energy's time yeah i love that Mm -hmm. well i think that sort of does it for today's episode chuki is there anything you'd like to tell the people plug the stuff you can feel free to plug all your all your stuff you'd like what have you got going on in the in the future um yeah if you enjoy or want to learn more about like rules interactions or maybe about learning the game um my channel is keeping it casual on youtube uh instagram tiktok it might be like uh, keeping casual tiktok on tiktok but uh you can check out my content there um i've got some merch that i've also recently made um these beanies that you can purchase uh via the links that i'm sure you guys will provide oh yeah I got you. And also, I'll also be in Chicago, too, for Magic on Chicago. Ooh, hell yeah. We need to get ourselves to a con at, at some point soon. That'd be that'd be really I fun. Should. I'll eventually be able to leave this country. I should. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you in Canada? Yeah, I'm in Canada right now. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, I once that gets settled, we are going to be world travelers, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's going to be crazy. Like, cause I just, I still feel like I'm just like a little guy. You know what I mean? Like, why would I go to a con as like a creator? That feels crazy to me. Yeah. You know, you never know. You never know. You could also just go to a con as a fan of the game. No, I know, but it's like, it's just crazy to me. I don't know. I just never thought I'd have a YouTube channel, is I guess what I'm saying, or a podcast or uh, <laughs> any of that. Like, same. Right. When I first got into the game, I mean, it's nuts. Anyways, that's very exciting. Thank you so much, Chuki, for, for coming on and yeah, thanks. Um, giving us your yeah, time. Thanks for having me. Of course. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to plug all of our stuff. Oh, right. We have stuff. Yeah, I mean, we got to do this part too. We do have stuff, unfortunately. <laughs> Might be backwards. Yeah, literally. Um, feel free to discard circling vultures in response to any of this, by the way, because you can't do it at instant speed. Guys, if you enjoyed any of this content that we've been making for you the past year and a, and a half, if you're enjoying the new podcast, if you enjoyed this this format, feel free to join the Discord. It's a free v- way to like get involved with our community. It's a bunch of people that love budget, janky, and underutilized cards. We talk about sets. We talk about spoilers, budget brews, and basically anything and everything under the MTG sun. We also host monthly giveaways of fun MTG product every single month. 
You do not have to be a patron to be part of these giveaways. However, we do have a Patreon. So if you guys want to support financially all the stuff we do here at the Jank Center, including the podcast, short form videos, the Discord, and our monthly giveaways, make sure to check out the Patreon. We've got four awesome tiers. We got a $1 tier that gets you an extra entry in the giveaways every single month. At the $3 tier, you get that extra entry plus the ability to ask us questions that we answer live on the podcast like you just heard Chuki answer here on this episode. At the $10 tier, you get everything, plus access to our monthly patron game nights. This is new, folks. This is very exciting and cool. Joining at this tier means you get added to an exclusive Discord channel where you get to jam games at least once a month with Cress and I, as well as the other patrons. Then, if you want, for the big spenders or people who really want to support us like a ton, you can join the $25 tier where you'll get all the aforementioned stuff, as well as the chance to be a guest on this series right here, Five Cards or Die, if you're comfortable. That happens every other month. So don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube, follow the Instagram or TikTok, and make sure to leave a five-star review of this podcast, guys. It really helps us a ton with the algorithm. And I think with that, I got to leave us with my catchphrase. Chuki doesn't know that we have a catchphrase. I don't. Uh, it's your catchphrase. but It is. Remember, kiddos, the spirit of the format is the gathering. And with that, um, I'm going to sign off. Also signing off. (laughs) Chuki, you want to sign off? Signing off. (laughs) See you, everyone. (laughs) Yay! My my card is spared.